there, fictional friends, and welcome to another episode of Fully Booked. I'm Megan. And I'm Shereen. And it is officially the month of November. November! In my opinion, the month of November is an extension of spooky season. <laughs> it is, because what else are you going to do but be sad in November it is if you're rain. not enjoying It's raining season. a lot most of the time. It's just dark. There's no pretty colors anymore. No. So really, what are you going to do <laughs> to cheer yourself up other than be spooky-ooky for the month of November as well? Um, and that's not to say that we're continuing with gothic fiction. However... Keeping in, I guess, that same vein to a certain extent, we decided that for the month of November, we would talk about dark fantasy. Mm. Um, Because let's face it, at this point, I'm trying to think of a popular fantasy title that's currently very well known that's not dark fantasy. Like, damn, find me one, guys. It's like, it's all dark (laughs) fantasy and it's all spicy dark fantasy oh my God. as well. Yeah. So everywhere. much of it. So yeah. really that's what we're going to be talking about for this month. Um, I'm currently recovering from COVID, so just ignore my voice if it sounds weird. <laughs> sound and if I cough, croaky. I'm really sorry. Uh, I just sound way more nasal than I normally do, which is already a lot. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're kicking things off and I guess we're like doing a really soft transition from gothic fiction. Um, Are we even transitioning? It doesn't feel like it. <laughs> because this week, we're talking about Sleepy Hollow from 1999. I am Constable Ichabod Crane, sent from New York to investigate murder in Sleepy Hollow. How much of your superiors explained to you? Only that the three were slain in open ground, their heads severed from their bodies. Taken by the headless horseman, taken back to hell. He rode a giant black steed to look at him. Made your blood run cold. Even today, the western woods is a haunted place where brave men will not venture. We have murders in New York without benefit of ghouls and goblins. You're a long way from New York, Constable. Um... If you grew up at the same time that Shereen and I grew up and you didn't see this movie, I, I, you lived under a rock. Like, <laughs> I don't I know don't what to know. tell you. It was so, like, Johnny Depp and Christina Ricci. Like, Tim, it's a Tim Burton, Tim Burton film movie. And this is, I will say, I would say this, for me, arguably, is Tim Burton's most horror specific film yes because it doesn't have that like it doesn't whimsical. have not as much yeah. as a lot of the others do it's not as goofy as something like Beetlejuice yeah. or as whimsical as something like Edward Scissorhands yeah. is or Big Fish is mm. or those kinds of things it doesn't have the That's same sensibility spin. like yeah. yes is there whimsy in it a hundred percent there is are there like very Tim Burton touches to it in terms of costume production design makeup a hundred percent the music obviously obviously yeah thank you Danny Elfman (laughs) some of the characters to an extent yes but the level of I guess darkness in the subject matter and the level of violence in the film is quite a bit more than what you get in a lot of his other stuff um before or after honestly so I would say this is Tim Burton's only real horror film as of right now yeah, I would I would go with that as well. Um he you know, you do see like where there's horror, he does try and counterbalance it with like some like funny moments. A hundred percent. Um but it's mostly like the the um 
the silliness or the goofiness is all being carried by Ichabod. Yes, yeah, and it, um, it's mostly the characters, and it's in this, it's like the only thing that counterbalances it. It's not the physical anything, it's the dialogue yeah. more than anything else, and like a couple of idiosyncrasies about specific characters like Ichabod. So yeah. if you guys aren't aware, um, Sleepy Hollow is loosely based, I will say that, yeah. loosely based on Washington Irving's The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, which was published, I forget, in 17-something. I don't know. I have read it. Uh, yeah, it's been a really <laughs> long time, but I have read it. It's true. Um, based on, sorry, the 1820 short story called The Legend of Sleepy Hollow by Washington Irving. Um, so obviously when you're coming into something like a short story, you know, there will be an expansion, but also a lot of the story itself, like the base story is still there. However, a lot of the story and the characters are very different mm. than they are in the original story. The initial story, from what I recall, um, follows Ichabod Crane, who's a teacher in Sleepy Hollow, is right. which yes. is in New York, upstate New York, yeah. which by the way is a real place and I really want to go. Yeah, I was looking at that actually on the map and I was like, how did we not go there? I know, we just haven't gotten there. <laughs> been, I've been to Salem twice and I've loved it each time, but I haven't had a chance to go to Sleepy Next Hollow yet. spooky season. We'll get there. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna get there at some point. I really want to go to like Sleepy Hollow and Terrytown <laughs> and like that area in upstate New York. It seems really fun. Yeah. Um, so Sleepy Hollow currently has... I atrociously bad scores in my opinion but whatever um a 7.3 out of 10 on imdb and 70 percent on rotten tomatoes i'm sorry what you can all fuck right off yeah as as I'm need to review and reviews. all you people on imdb are lame they are <laughs> they it. don't know good cinema no you don't understand <laughs> um the yeah when i was like when i was young and i was getting into spooky creepy stuff yeah. this was like one of the Definitely. first gateways for me to like horror. I think me too. It's yeah. so, it's like such a fun combination of the two of them where yes, there are still lighthearted moments, but there really is like a lot of darkness to yeah. it because of the subject matter, obviously, but also because of like a lot of the, um, the atmosphere that's created mm -hmm. throughout the course of the story. Um, I think this was one of the few movies that growing up I was actually allowed to watch that was like teetering on the horror genre. I'm really surprised by that because I feel like if your parents had paid any attention, they would have been like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, what the fuck? Yeah, exactly. And like I was only like eight, eight when this came yes, out. Yes, I was and 10, so you would have been eight. Yeah, so I did watch this when it came out. Yep. And I, it was one of my favorites. Like this is like, we, we always have this discussion, everyone, because I wasn't allowed to watch anything as no. a child. Um, and Megan was allowed to watch everything. everything. <laughs> and so like now she is re-educating me on all the movies that I should have watched when I was a child yeah. that would have probably made me way more into the horror genre than I am because I do like all things spooky. Yeah. But this was one of those movies that I did somehow manage managed to get through it squeaked I, through it squeaked for some through reason. and i did watch this one and i loved it yeah. when i was a kid because it's incredible it's awesome the performances are good the writing is good the production design is phenomenal and the, it is the scary sets in this yeah. film are so fucking beautiful yeah. and from what i i don't know if this is true or not somebody might have to fact check it but from what i remember reading obviously so they basically built the whole facade of the town from the ground up like they built everything on a sound stage and I think they built it with a slight, in a lot of the cases, slight Tim Burton proportions mm. where the bottoms of the buildings are slightly more narrow than the oh, tops of the buildings. Yeah. So it looks a little bit wonky and a little bit weird, which you can kind of see like the more that you stare at it as things are going on. Everything's huh. very gray. You should have mentioned that. I would have paid attention. Yeah, very gray that. and very black toned mm. in this film. Um, but like, like the random pop of orange. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> but like it's like that's phenomenal. The costumes are incredible 
incredible. I remember being a kid and being obsessed with Christina Ricci's wardrobe in this movie. Oh, she's so beautiful it's and like so gorgeous. She really pulls off that blonde wig. Yeah, it looks really good. She, it's weird. I don't know. She looks good as a blonde or a brunette or a redhead. It's really strange. She's one of those like very ethereal people who looks good with any hair color. <laughs> yeah. And I kind of hate her for it. So. Good for her. <laughs> anyway. Um so, uh, in the initial story, that's it. Ichabod Crane is a teacher in Sleepy Hollow and um, is in love with Katrina Van Tassel, who is Baltus Van Tassel's daughter and one of the local, like, beautiful women. I guess there aren't very many in the town. Um, and <laughs> anyway, he town. winds up being eventually chased out of town by the Headless Horseman, who's this local legend. At first, it's um, uh, it's done as like a prank, which we mm. do see in the, this movie as mm. well a little bit. But it does turn out that the Headless Horseman's a real thing, and he does appear. Allegedly, that's it. What it is is it's like the legend is that like Ichabod is eventually chased out of town. We never know if he dies or not. Mm. Yeah, but he's very short. Away. It's a very short story. There's <laughs> yeah. it, there's really a lot more description of like the Sleepy Hollow area and like Ichabod is um, not attractive in the story no. at all. He's got like a big bulbous nose. If you guys yes, have ever watched re- the Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad yes. with a cartoon, that is what he's supposed to look like. He looks like a big dork, but he weirdly carries himself very well, and so people are drawn to him. It's like a thing. He was in a lot of Washington Irving stories, wasn't he? I don't remember. Maybe? He was in that other one there where he falls asleep and he wakes up like years later. Oh, shit. Okay, yeah, you might be right. I don't remember. Um, But in this iteration of things, Ichabod is a a constable in New York City, and he's very... um, scientifically minded he really believes in the scientific method and in advancing it the story is set in 1799 so things were a lot more religious at that time mm. and um science was looked at as almost a form of witchcraft to a certain extent and right. there are a lot of comparisons of things like that throughout the course of the film mm. as well that you see um <clears throat> sorry so ichabod is arguing um, at basically like a like a court level to a certain yeah. extent with the people who are in charge or like the police commission, whatever they are. Well, he's supposed to be like a a, mort- a mortician, isn't he? He's or- a constable. He's a he, cop, yeah, technically. Yeah, well, that's right. He is a constable, but he does a lot, like a lot of um, autopsies and that Very much. He very much reminds very me of um, an early version of like a Pinkerton detective. Mm. So they did a lot, like the Pinkerton detectives did a lot of um, study in terms of like medical science and mm. things like that and how they could use that to help solve crimes. Mm. So it reminds me of that. So he's arguing for a lot of that stuff. And basically, to get rid of him, because they're annoyed, <laughs> um, they decide to give him an assignment. Uh, Christopher Lee decides to give him an assignment. Thank you very I much. Know, Why is he only in one scene? I don't it know. Sucks, I know. <laughs> um, this film is positively littered with prominent talented UK actors. They are fucking everywhere in this movie. It's insane. The further in you go, the more you see them. It's nuts. Um, So basically what they decide to do is... What they decide to do is they send him, they decide to send him upstate to a small town called Sleepy Hollow where there have been murders. Now, we're given a cold open at the beginning of the film of a man with, who we can only assume is a man named Van Garrett because there's Mm. like a whole thing with like a document that's signed and sealed with the Van Garrett seal and this man, older gentleman, is traveling by carriage to go, I think, bring that document somewhere, probably to have it notarized and have it, like, you know, put into effect. Um, The carriage is stopped because the man who's driving the carriage, who it turns out is his son, Van Garrett's son, Mm -hmm. um, 
loses his head and we don't see it it's off screen um and then van garrett leaps from the carriage runs into the cornfield thinks he's gotten away and then turns around and from a pov shot of the killer we see him get his own head chopped off um yeah, which the, of chopping the of effects heads. look really good in this movie they, do, they really yeah. hold up it's crazy yeah. So, um, apparently several people now, if like three different people have been killed, mm-hmm. um, by this alleged headless horseman. And so Ichabod is sent to Sleepy Hollow in order to investigate and find, like, find who the killer is. Because of course they assume that it's a human killer, which is a normal thing to mm. assume. <laughs> and he's like, yes, I will go find the man who's done this basically. So he travels upstate, arrives at the home of a man named Baltus Van Tassel, who's like one of the sort of local not town founders but he's like um in charge yeah a businessman very high up within mm. the community uh you know big old house on top of a hill kind of thing and mm. um, arrives at his place meets his daughter katrina played by christina ricci who Gorgeous. um is that's it like playing a little game and there's an immediate like attraction between the mm. two of them when they when she takes off her blindfold and they see each other for the first time you can see it like right it's away so, so sweet and her idiot brahm is like yeah. right behind her the like big dork or not not even like the, the jock the big jock type <laughs> yeah. he would have had a letter jacket if this were yeah. like set in the 90s you know <laughs> it's true who and I he's think she's immediately very jealous because he's like, who is this? Man? I don't know if he's her fiance or if he wants to be her fiance. Mm. He's courting her in some way, shape, or form, and probably trying to get engaged. And again, because her father's so high up, everybody like, would everybody want that anyway. Her. And she's, you know, a beautiful young woman who lives in the town. Everybody loves her. She's very sweet, and everyone really gets along with her very well. Um, mm-hmm. So he arrives and is introduced to. <coughs> is introduced to the, basically the town elders or the town council to a certain extent. like a council, yeah. So yeah, so there's Baltus Van Tassel, who's basically like a businessman. There's the doctor, Dr. Lancaster, the Reverend Steenwick, who mm. like, ew. Um, <laughs> the notary, James Hardenbrook, and the magistrate named Samuel Phillips, uh, played by Uncle Vernon from I Harry know, Potter. so many. There's so Harry many. Dumbledores in this, too. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay, sorry. Baltus Van Tassel's played by the late Michael Gambon. Yeah. Rest in peace. So lovely. Yeah. I was like, yay, look at all these people. There's and so like, many Harry Potter characters and Lord of the Rings. Oh, crazy. <laughs> crazy. Know, Between great. the two franchises, it's nuts. So good. So he arrives, he's introduced to everybody, and he learns that basically they tell him that... He they're like, no, no, it's not a man. This is the, the they call him the Hessian, but the headless horseman of legend mm. who is coming back from his grave regularly in order to or murder revenge. people. Yeah, because he's a, like a, he was like a hired, like a contract killer mercenary type from like the Revolutionary <laughs> Played War. Played by Christopher Walken. Don't even get me also, started. The his... weirdest casting choice I've ever seen in my fucking life, <laughs> but I don't hate it's it. So it's nice. just weird. I know, but his like, okay, so they're like talking to him about this headless horseman and they're exploring like explaining who yeah. he is and then like cut scene back to who the headless horseman was when he was alive and you realize it's Christopher Walken and he's shaved his teeth down into points oh it's gross and yeah. like as he like you know is on the battlefield killing people and chopping off heads he's making these like grunting <laughs> 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 so every like few few seconds and it's the most Christopher Walken sounding kind like of. groan the only thing I will say is that okay so Christopher Walken he doesn't speak in this movie like no. he just makes those noises yeah. he just grunts and growls to communicate things like some guys do 
<laughs> um, wow. Anyway, <laughs> he does. Anyway, so he just he just grunts to communicate. He doesn't actually speak or ever no, say anything. He just goes. Which, thank fuck, because if Christopher Walken with his Christopher Walken cadence started speaking, it would take you out of the movie oh completely. God. You'd be like, "What?" Just looking at him takes you out of the movie a little bit. A little bit. For yeah. a minute, you're like, "I like." When I was young, I didn't notice it, but the older I get, yeah. the more I've seen him in other stuff. I'm like, "Oh, this is weird." It's such a weird. It's choice. very. It's such a strange choice. <laughs> Apparently, fun fact, apparently Christopher Walken was cast and really wanted this role, so he was cast, and only after he was cast and everything was secured did he tell Tim Burton that he did not know how to ride a horse. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Which I thought was hilarious. (laughs) Um, Right, yeah, so we see his backstory. He was, that's it, like a mercenary of sorts sent by the British to keep the Americans in line. He was eventually killed by American soldiers. They chopped his head off with his own sword and buried the body somewhere in the woods outside of town under this really creepy tree under my favorite tree it's I great know, i love it i want tree. it in my backyard I know, anyway evil but yeah. you know um so ichabod is like this is insane <laughs> you guys are ridiculous the like there's the killer is a, a living man like that's nuts guys that doesn't make any sense but i'm gonna figure it out i'm gonna stay here and i'm gonna do it um then uh we see basically the next murder that follows this man named Jonathan Masbeth is with his son and he's basically like a lookout and it turns out he used to work for the Van Garrett family who were killed in that cold open mm. um as in like a servant capacity of some sort we don't know like an errand person probably um and he they have people who are up do like in like a lookout who are always looking for the headless horseman so that they can potentially kill him when he rides back into town. Um, and we see that that's it. The headless horseman is obviously there. He shows up, chases Jonathan Masbeth into the woods and kills him. Mm-hmm. Um, chops his head off. There's this really like forward shot of the head kind of like spinning in your direction. Anyway, it's kind of oh, yeah. fun. It just they like do a few of those. Like yeah. they're pretty good. Yeah. That's like a very Tim Burton thing. Like it make is. it kind of funny, even though it's really dark. Yeah, like it's yeah, like it's that spin here and exactly. there. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Um, so there is a funeral and Ichabod decides like the younger Masbeth, the son, he's like 12, 13, like mm-hmm. he's really young and he doesn't have anyone anymore. His mom's already passed away and now his dad's dead. Um, so Ichabod kind of hires him to help him with his investigation because he likes him and he feels bad for him. Mm-hmm. It's normal. Like he feels sympathy for this poor child who's an orphan now mm-hmm. and has nowhere to go and nothing to do. And he's, you know, of a lower social stature. So he, he doesn't really have any education or anything or any access to anything like that so there's not much he can do so he hires him and at the same time is told by what is it the magistrate phillips i believe um, uncle vernon (laughs) uh that uh, as a matter of fact now we're seeing that technically the horseman has killed four people according to the number of caskets that exist however there are five victims right and he's like and Ichabod's like what the fuck does that mean yeah who's the fifth one Mm -hmm. so he exhumes the bodies Mm -hmm. um, and uses his like medical science and medical devices which like this started when he was examining Jonathan Masbeth's body and it becomes a really funny sticking point because he wants to do this Mm -hmm. and it's very admirable like he wants to advance medical science and use that form of deduction in order to determine how a person was killed when they were killed Mm -hmm. and potentially then who they were killed by how all of that stuff 
but he does, he's very squeamish, like to an extent, like blood will make him pass out almost really kind of funny. thing. So it's very funny to and watch he keeps him getting like, like shot in the face every oh time God. he like uses one of his funky devices. Cause they're all like spindly. Oh my and, God. Like, it's pointy, so funny. And it looks like he made them himself. Every time he uses one, he gets squirted in the face with, with like blood. blood or some yeah. like form of like body <laughs> fluid. And he's like, Neh. and he's really put off by it. So he started doing this. We've seen it a little bit his like instruments that he has so he exhumes all of the bodies brings them in basically turfs the doctor out and is like no I need to look into this and the doctor's like oh my god what are these weird ass things he's like they're of my own invention (laughs) it's very cute and then again starts to um examine the bodies cut them open basically and perform an autopsy which Mm -hmm. is again not something that would have been done very much at that time if at all i don't think so i don't well there's a whole thing with the body that he finds in new york when he's still there at the beginning he finds a body in the river Mm. oh yeah when they bring it in the you know the man who's in charge the commissioner whatever he is is like oh burn the body um Mm -hmm. and ichabod's like whoa we don't know how he died like Mm -hmm. i I want to examine him i want to see he's like well you found his body in the river so he drowned and Mm -hmm. he's like yes maybe Maybe. if there's water in his lungs yeah he probably drowned mm. but it's possible that he was already dead when he went into the water but there, they don't really care. all these things that yeah. modern medical science really does in like a totally normal capacity because yeah. that's what you're supposed to do mm-hmm. um so he goes through his whole thing comes out of the exam where he's like cut the woman who was killed the widow winship yeah he's cut her open and again it's like covered <laughs> in blood his whole face and everything. he's just like wiping himself off and of course everybody's very um put off by this whole medical thing especially yeah. like the reverend again, is like oh religious. my god what have you yeah. done um and you know then he announces um despite the fact that obviously these town elders, including um, the Magistrate Phillips, were aware of this, that the widow Winship was pregnant at the Mm. time of her death. There was a fetus in her body, and so the child was also killed at Mm -hmm. the same time, which is why the five bodies, four caskets, blah. Mm. Uh, So he starts to be like, whoa, what the fuck? Like, what's up with that? Um, And then not too long after that, yeah, not too long after that, the Magistrate Phillips is killed Mm -hmm. um, in a really great scene where the head like rolls into his crotch and then gets like stabbed with with the sword. Um, And this is also where you start to notice, like especially on rewatch of a movie like this, when you're like 10 years old and you're watching it, you have no idea. But being older and rewatching it, which I do semi-regularly, I love this movie, um, you start to realize like, huh, the horseman really only kills one specific person at a yeah. time. And you start being like, that's interesting. Cause like Ichabod is right there. He's right easily there. have been killed. Yeah. Is not killed. The horseman doesn't give a fuck. No, he doesn't even notice him. It's no. like, he's not even there. It's like he can't even see him basically. Mm-hmm. So, uh, they decide he <laughs> faints cause he does that a few times in the movie, which is fair. Given everything he's very going through. funny, but it's very funny. It gives like that human touch to him. That's what's so good yeah. about Ichabod in this movie um, is that he's like a human. Like he would be all of us if we were in this situation. I you think. Know? I think it makes him more brave that he Definitely. still is willing to do these things, yeah. even though he's, he's very terrified. squeamish and yeah. he's terrified of what's going on. I find it. I think it's great. It's this great. is the first time that he acknowledges that there's a real headless horseman. Mm-hmm. He has a whole funny thing with Katrina and Baltus <laughs> where he's like, he's like, no, it was a horseman, headless, and then he just faints. <laughs> Again, it's really good. Um, but they think he's going to leave, but he's like, no, I'm not, which again, for me, is where the bravery comes in. He's yeah. like, no, I'm going into the Western Woods. I'm going to find where this horseman is. I'm going to find him, mm. and we're going to take where care of it. he's buried, basically. Yeah. So he ventures into the woods with Masbeth. They find Katrina while mm. they're there, mm. um, and they also 
also find uh, Katrina's stepmother, who I haven't mentioned yet. Sorry, Valtus's like wife, second wife, whatever, because yeah. her mom's passed away. Um, yeah, ha- having sex with the Reverend, which like. <sighs> Yeah, that's a whole lot wow. of thing. Yeah. yeah, there's there's actually like quite a complicated who done it in this movie it is, yeah. when you get into like the specifics of it. Anyway, yeah, because it, it's a little bit of like I rem- like every time I watch this, I'm reminded that there's a who done it in yeah, here. Yeah, you forget. Because you're always like, oh yeah, it's a headless horseman. He's killing people. But there's a reason. But, but there's a reason. And like going back to your point about the you know he's killing specific people. Yep. And then it's at this point that you start being like, okay, wait, hang on a minute. There's a headless horseman. He's killing people, but we're still really focusing on like the character, yeah. like connections. Yeah. And so you realize that there's more going on, which makes this all the better. And as a movie. so far, he's mostly killing these town elders to an extent. Yes. Like these people, these people who are all quote unquote friends and working together on things and are aware of the goings on of the town. And you're like, okay, so there's something going mm. on here. So when uh, during this whole thing in the woods they come across uh they find okay so they find a witch in a cave which like this is a whole weird scene in and of itself he finds a witch um she uh, puts herself into some sort of trance basically um half attacks him and tells him where to go to find the tree where the horseman is buried where Mm -hmm. she's like go this way down this path and climb down to the horseman's resting place um he's immediately terrified but again goes looking anyway they get into the woods they find that's at the twisty turny very tim burton style tree (laughs) in there um it's great it's called the tree of the dead uh, because it's basically a large dead trunk with like branches sticking out of it pretty Mm. much again just like built from the ground up and it looks so fucking good it does i'm pretty sure this movie won an academy award for production design and i believe it it's so good to look at it's so great i feel like he reused that tree in some other movies of his he probably should have (laughs) if he didn't he should have it should be in wednesday it should be in Wednesday. If it's not there. If it's there, someone tell me. Yeah. <laughs> I want to find it. Yeah. Um, so he manages to find the tree where the resting place is and discovers that it's basically a gateway between hell and earth, pretty much. I never picked up on that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because he comes out of hell every time he's summoned. Fair enough. Right? Because that's why all the heads are in the tree. No. (laughs) No, (laughs) ma'am. I I really thought he was just hanging in the tree. Okay, that was weird. I don't know. Um, So when he's summoned, he comes Mm. out of there, and this is when we're realizing that that's kind of what's happening is someone's calling him out, and so Ichabod digs up because under that tree is also where the horseman was buried when he was killed initially. Well, that's why I thought he was hanging in the tree. I thought he just kind of went back into his old body and just slept there. No. Okay. (laughs) No. He doesn't go there with the horse. I promise. Uh, He goes like into hell, basically, or whatever limbo he lives in. Um. Yeah, so he digs it up and realizes, so the skeleton is there, but the skull is missing. And he's like, okay, so whoever is, whoever has the skull controls the horseman, and whoever controls the horseman is the person who's setting him after these very specific people for a very specific reason. Right. And again... The horseman has obviously just been called. He comes out in a very cool shot. Jumps out oh, yeah, of the, the cool base shot. of the tree where all the heads are. And again, ignores Ichabod completely. Again, ignores all three of them. Yep. Katrina, Masbeth, all three yep. of them. They're all standing there. And he just goes right past them. Nothing at all. Means nothing to anybody. Um, and then pops out, runs away. And then we cut to um, the midwife and her husband in town who we've seen a couple of times who are putting their young son to bed. He's probably four or five years old. Mm. Sad. Um, mm. so just spoiler alert. Sad. sad. Very dark. Um, 
she we don't learn this until afterwards but basically this she is like the town midwife so she deals with like all of the pregnant women and she was dealing with the widow winship she was aware that the widow winship was pregnant and as we will come to learn the widow winship was pregnant with van garrett's child and the document that he was putting together at the beginning of the film Mm. is a new will and testament which would have left the widow and the unborn child everything, which is why Van Garrett and his son Dirk, which is the stupidest name I've ever heard. Dirk. I know. um, He sounds dumb. They had an argument Mm. when this new will was put together and Jonathan Masbeth was called in as a witness to co-sign on this just as a witness for the document itself, which is why, unfortunately... It's like he was like signing his own death warrant and he didn't know it yet. Right. Basically, it's just wrong place at the wrong time, which is really sad. Um, And this midwife was also aware of who the father of the baby was and she told her husband Mm. who works in the town. So the horseman is called to their home to kill them, which he does the the kid almost gets away and this is something i will say it's true in this scene i'm watching it and my fiance is watching it with me and he's like but the kid really doesn't make any noise how does he know he's hiding under the floorboards and i have no answer for that question he just does he's he about does. to leave because he's been told to kill them yeah i guess yeah. and i guess it's like something supernatural tells mm-hmm. him that there are three of them mm-hmm. whatever even though like this five-year-old kid has no fucking idea what's going well, on i think it's more of a you know get rid of the whole family kind of thing yeah i guess so and it's sad anyway mm-hmm. and this is where you get the biggest indication that this is really specifically what's happening because he does this and sorry uh brahm is nearby hears the screams Mm. and shows up to figure out what's going on and comes face to face with the horseman who doesn't give a shit that he's there no could not care less just walks past him exactly and only and this basically what ensues is a fight where ichabod because he's realized this shows up tries to stop brahm because brahm's like i'm gonna fucking kill him Mm. um shows up and tries to stop him he's like no he's not after you Mm. stop and brahm's like i'll get him because he's like a bit of an idiot that's the whole thing with his character he's like a dumbass he's like a big handsome dumbass that's like his thing (laughs) um and this leads to a fight between the three of them where ichabod is injured and just simply because he's basically because he's being a nuisance the uh horseman kills brom cuts him right in half damn yeah like it's not like a headless thing it's not a headless thing no it's really like i think he only removes the heads of those that he's been targeted to however i never understood that whole sequence of murders because i'm like if they were updating the will for yeah. this new baby, yeah. what does it have to do with the person who's controlling all this? Okay, that makes sense later. Okay. And I know when I was a kid and I watched it, the underlying storyline made no sense to me at all. Well, like I when mean, you're I've 10, 11, 12. Before. I've seen it again since then. I'm And I still to this day... I think I just don't. It's a little bit convoluted, Mm -hmm. but there is actually like a sequence of events eventually, like when you kind of realize what's going on. But it does make sense later when the person who's in charge is revealed, she kind of explains it. Mm. So, um, yeah. So basically, Ichabod's like, okay, there's some sort of like conspiracy going on in this Mm. town. Then you figure out what's going on. He goes to see the notary who Mm. was also aware of the will. Mm. Um, And yes, of course, that's Mm. it. And he had secretly married Van Garrett and the widow Winship because she was pregnant. Right. So she wasn't a widow. No, not anymore. She Mm. was technically Mrs. Van Garrett at that time. And again, that's it. That's also why the new will was drawn up at the time, Mm. leaving everything to her and the baby. Mm. Which, I mean, 
I don't blame Dirk for being kind of pissed. I'm not going to lie. Like, I would also be like, wow, damn, dad. Okay, cool. Damn, dad. Like, what am I, chopped liver here? Like, Exactly. Yeah. So, and what Ichabod kind of realizes from everything is that basically everybody who's been killed were either aware of what was going on or could somehow benefit mm. from either the new will or from Van Garrett not being around anymore. Right. And he's like, okay, so we got to figure out what's going on. And he assumes that, based on that, he assumes that Baltus Van Tassel is the person controlling mm. the horseman because he's like, well, he would be the person to directly benefit if Mangarit died and had no heirs. Mm. His fortune would pass to them because I think they're distantly related in some way, shape, or form, mm. um, or whatever. That's what they make it sound like anyway. Oh, they're I saying see, like his next like a new will. Exactly, his next like living closest relative, whatever it is. So um, when this happens, and because he's headed in this direction, it angers Katrina, obviously, because he's blaming her father. Like, he's mm. essentially accusing her father, so she tells him to go away. She's very protective of her father. Yep. Uh, we learn that the notary, the only character that's not killed by the horseman, has committed suicide. Mm. Because he was like, no, thank you. I don't want to be here and deal with this <laughs> I'd anymore. I'd rather so, do this by myself. Yeah, so he decides to take his life and just do that. Apparently, he, like, hanged himself or something, whatever. That's what they mention it, like, in passing. And you're like, oh, shit. Okay. Um, and the reverend, um, who's been Fukin the stepmom, has <laughs> called like basically like a town meeting to a certain extent at the church that evening where he's basically planning to, uh, planning to essentially condemn Ichabod's actions and mm -hmm. either uh, take action against him or kick him out of town, like whatever the case might be. Everyone's gathering there. The um, stepmother, she is uh, picking wildflowers mm -hmm. nearby. Baltus goes to see her and he's like, come on, we gotta, you know, we gotta go. We gotta go over There's there. And then condemning. Yeah. And to. then sees that the horseman has just shown up uh, and is like, oh shit. So takes off. Doesn't stay to help her. No, no. Dips. Yeah. Which like, Great wow. Great husband. Thank you, man. <clears throat> Shows up at the church, is like, oh my God, the horseman killed your stepmother. Like, they, everybody runs inside. He's coming after them, but it's a holy ground, so he can't actually enter the mm. church. Like, he can't go past the gate, basically. Mm. Um, so, you know, and they're all, like, trying to shoot him from oh, inside. Yeah. This and, is such oh, a good scene. They break all the windows. Yeah. Pandemonium in there. Everyone's panicking in the church. Um, there, what ensues is a very massive argument between Baltus, the Reverend Steenwick, um, and the doctor. Sorry, I was like, who's still alive right now? The yeah. doctor. Mm -hmm. um, who, you know, start to, the doctor is the first person to start to admit that they lied to Van Tassel. Like, they didn't tell him everything that was going on. They knew what was happening. And he's like, you know, your friends kind of played you for a fool, mm. blah, blah, blah. And, of course, the Reverend is very angered by this, takes, like, one of the giant wooden crosses he has <laughs> yeah. and kills him right. in the church right. by hitting him in the head with it. And then Baltus, who had a gun on him, shoots and kills the Reverend immediately after that. And you're like, It's just crazy. Whoa. Like, it's complete pandemonium. Yeah, and you see that we've got so we've been given um indications throughout the course of the story that katrina is um like a white witch mm. sort of like you know there's a lot of her stuff is like nature based and everything and like protection spells stuff like that and she this is something that she she does um and ichabod's kind of triggered by this because we learn through flashbacks that his mother mm. was also a white witch again little charms spells fun stuff like little yeah. things she did with him as a child like just cute things yeah but it got in, her into a lot of trouble well his father 
discovered this and was a very um zealous religious yeah. like, zealot like religious zealot of some sort basically at that time very puritanical and of course was like you're a witch and then had her killed yeah had her put in like some horrible medieval torture device the thing with the pins that's right that, yeah 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 anyway whatever and poor Ichabod had to see that at some point yeah. so he's had like trauma since he was a child yeah. and I think he's drawn to Katrina because probably partially because she reminds him of his mother in a mm. positive light in that way but I think he's also very triggered by the magic that she does yeah. uh, which is something that she starts to do in the church at this time she's like drawing something on the floor um Van Tassel of course now having just shot someone <laughs> climbs to the top of like the pew or whatever it is and starts <laughs> shouting about having order and blah 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 oh, blah blah yeah. and in the meantime the horseman oh, yeah. has it's so great. He's deduced a way to uh, get the body without being able to go into the church, which is basically he's taken one of like the spires from the um, the fence outside, yeah. and it's all like sharp on the bottom yeah. because you ties have to stick it, it into the ground. Ties it, to ties a rope, it throws fucking it, fucking javelin throws, throws it. it like Miss Trunchbull yeah, through the fucking window and impales the man and right then there. Just drags him back with this, and it's on no a rope. one helps him. They're no. all just like, "Whoa!" Everybody's like, "Whoa, what the fuck?" And then Katrina faints which like fair, fair yeah. <laughs> um and Ichabod sees that she's drawn some sort of like symbol on the ground and he doesn't really know what it is um you know and people are like oh it's like an evil eye blah 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 blah. it's a protection spell. just just also like everybody calls it an evil eye it's not it's a protection spell um after this happens uh Ichabod is like you know he's like okay this is the sigil like the sigil that she's drawn he also finds it under his bed mm. and is like whoa okay mm. what the fuck and thinks that someone's like performing spells against him because everybody was like very paranoid at this time um but and is like no i need to leave i shouldn't even be here anymore like this whole thing is insane i can't do this and you know masbeth's the one who's like reasonable even though he's a 12 year old child and is like you know like this girl like she obviously is like in love with you she's sweet she's wonderful she's kind and she would she would never do anything like this mm. like she wouldn't do anything to hurt you that doesn't make any sense why would she do that um but he's like no it's time for me to leave so anyway whatever he oh goes God, he's so dramatic uh, he's so dramatic um so he goes to leave like big fat drama queen and is halfway <laughs> Uh, out of town basically before I think he kind of realizes that there could be someone else still in charge of this because like it can't be Baltus because why would he order his own mm. death that doesn't make any sense um, at the same time Katrina who's been kind of recovering from her ordeal wakes up to find her allegedly dead stepmother walking in and mm. being like hello um, played with all kinds of zany by Miranda Richardson who also is great and like a very prolific British actress she's in a bunch of stuff so much I can never put my finger on what she's in other than this movie well Harry Potter also she's Rita Skeeter that's right she's Rita Skeeter yeah, yeah. Because everybody's been, everybody in this Everybody's in Harry Potter. In Harry Potter at some point or another, it seems. So wild. Anyway, um, shows up and kidnaps Katrina mm. and takes her, basically. Um, and he's basically what Ichabod does to figure this out is that he goes back into the, um, uh, the morgue and re-examines allegedly dead Lady Van Tassel's body and then realizes that, that this big cut that she had on her hand that she'd gotten a while before. When she was with the Reverend there. When she there, was like, with the Reverend in the woods. The she reverend. was marking him, basically, I think. Yeah. Um, when she had gotten that, uh, this wound on this dead body 
is was done post-mortem yeah it wasn't done pre-mortem because there was no like clotting it didn't Mm -hmm. heal it didn't do anything Mm -hmm. it was just there um so uh that's it lady van tassel reveals herself to be the person who's running things with the headless horseman who's the person who's actually like she has his skull and she is in charge of herself she killed one of the servant girls that's the dead body um she takes katrina to like the windmill in the middle of the woods and she basically explains like her own backstory so she and her twin sister who's the witch in the woods Mm -hmm. just by the way um they were from a very poor family named archer who we've seen symbols of in the woods themselves, which show that I think they had a small cottage there at some point and stuff like that. Um, And then years ago, um, when the Van Tassels arrived in town, Van Garrett, who was basically in charge of everything in the town at that time, decided he favored the Van Tassels, and I believe that he um, kicked the archers out of their home, Mm. and they had to go and live in the woods. And didn't her parents starve? Her parents died, and it was just her and her twin sister were the only ones who were left. And so she swore that she would get revenge on Van Garrett and Van Tassel, and that she would be in charge of everything in Mm. town basically um and so apparently she sold her soul to satan is my understanding uh in return to being for being able to control the horsemen mm. um and wasn't it because of her that he died in the yeah. first place so when you his flashback scene where yeah. um he's in the woods and he's trying to get away from all the revolutionary soldiers who are there to kill him yeah he stumbles upon two like little twin girls young girls Mm. and he tells them to be quiet and one of them breaks a stick on purpose and it turns out that that was her (coughs) so um she wormed her way into the van tassel household as an adult by acting as a nurse Mm. to the first mrs van tassel and then of course probably poisoning her to death slowly but surely killed her and then um married Baltus, mm. and then kind of manipulated all of the other elders in her way for being able to get to the point where all of like Van Garrett's fortune would eventually fall to her because that's the whole thing. It goes to the Van Tassel family if there are no Van Garrett's left. Right. So that's kind of why she kicked all of this off as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and her last thing that she needs to do is to get rid of Katrina because Katrina is technically the last blood Van Tassel who exists right now. So right. if she if the horseman kills Katrina, everything will fall to her. Right. Basically. Even though my only issue with that plan is that she's supposed to be dead. So like how is she gonna explain <laughs> know, that away? I always was scratching my head about that one because it's like if she's dead then what? She's just gonna show up and be like, ha, I tricked you now give me all the money. Yeah, it's very strange. So um anyway, Ichabod has figured all of this out. He grabs Masbeth, they get there, they break um, Katrina out, and then um, and the horseman's called at the same time, and what ensues is like a very cool chase scene mm. uh, through the woods and everything with a lot of really fun stunts and all that, um, and like a whole chase on the windmill, which is on fire at one point. Anyway, there's like all kinds of cool stuff going on. They get back to the Tree of the Dead, and um, Ichabod manages to get the skull, and he's like, because you know, basically like Katrina's about to be killed, and he's like, hey don't do that and he just gives the horseman his skull he's like here this is yours this is what you want like this is yours and so you go yeah so immediately the horseman's like great cool puts it on and then turns back into christopher walken from his little like skull face that he had yeah it's very gross and weird very gross there's a lot of shots of like muscle and tissue like building back up on his face it's really yucky great Um, use of cgi yeah it looks good i'm telling you it holds up um and then he 
obviously is aware that Lady Van Tassel was the person who uh, initially caused his death and also has been controlling him all of this time against his will, really. So he picks her up onto his horse. picks her up and is like, hey, come to hell with me. Yeah, and kisses her and takes a chunk of her face off with his really gross razor sharp teeth. And then they just jump into the big tree and that's it. And she dies. Yep. (laughs) She dies. That's it. Um, So the case is officially solved, even though most of the town is dead at this point. Um, And Ichabod returns to New York City. He brings Masbeth with him to work for mm. him and he brings Katrina probably as his fiance at that mm. point and they get to they you know walk off together in New York City she's got a really great Beetlejuice dress on I love it so much and then roll credits I know great movie uh, this movie's incredible um, everything is so fun the characters are cool like the updated version of the story is much more interesting than just like a straightforward thing about a teacher who's in love with a girl in town mm. uh, so there's just like a lot more intricacy to it and when you're old enough to understand it it's a good story <laughs> It's, it's interesting because, you know, going back to what you were saying earlier, it's like it was a moment of, like, where Tim Burton tried to go more the horror mm-hmm. route, and then he kind of pulled back a little bit again, I you know? Because I think Big Fish came out not long after this one. Like it was a, maybe a few years, years after or something. Years yeah, that's it. And, like, Big Fish was not horror at all. Oh, no, not at all. Whimsy, very, so. very fantasy, very whimsy. Yeah. Like, much more along those lines. Yeah, I don't know. So this was, like, his his real foray. Well, my understanding is that he wasn't initially tapped to direct this. Mm. Um, Kevin Yeager, who's a really well-known special makeup effects artist was initially uh, meant to be directing this, but it was originally going to be like a low-budget like slasher. Oh, really? Basically, and it there were disagreements with the studio wow. and stuff, and then basically Kevin Yeager was not turfed out, but he was turfed down to the special makeup effects oh, supervisor, wow. and the project was given to Tim Burton to make the way that they did. I don't... I mean... Like, I will say that shit, like, that sucks, and it was probably, like, upsetting to see your project taken away from you like that, but I don't think that I would have liked this as a low-budget slasher, guys. Well, it would have never been remembered, would no. it? It would have just kind of... And and I can't imagine that the casting would have been as big. Like, Probably if it was not. A low budget, or like, like as well done. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So I don't know. I mean, I think for I mean, I feel like of... I feel like Tim Burton comes with like a tickle trunk of actors that always follow. Oh, he does. Yeah, yeah. You've got a few like that now. Yeah. That like they just have people who follow them anywhere. Yeah. So you know, there you go. Um, but this is a great film. Hopefully you guys have seen it. I feel like I'm hoping if you're here that you've seen it. Um, but if you have, you can definitely let us know what your thoughts are about it over on Instagram, TikTok, and threads at fullybookedca. And you can also check out our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash book was way better. And if you're still here with us, uh, please feel free to leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you're listening because it really helps us get the episodes out in front of more people. But until next week, guys, keep on reading. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.